Hi, and welcome to the Music Box Podcast, otherwise known as MBP, where we talk about all things Music Box. That is the Music Box Theater in Chicago. Every week we will tell you about the upcoming films and events that you don't want to miss here at the Music Box, as well as some advance notice of far-off events. We'll spend some time on the inner workings of the theater, maybe a little trivia, and see where else the conversation goes about film in Chicago. Um, as always, I'm your host, I'm Ryan Ostrike, and this week we have one other pa- uh, guest we have. Drake Atticus Noonan. How are you doing, folks? And Drake, uh, what's your title here, and what do you do? So I'm the lounge manager here at the Music Box Theater. I basically uh, take care of everything lounge-related. Uh, all of the fantastic beers that we have here, I take care of that. Uh, I empower our bartenders to come up with some of the excellent cocktails that we serve here. We have a great wine program as well. Basically, anytime you've been in the theater and uh, gotten yourself a little bit buzzed, that's 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 me. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Drake. Oh, I, absolutely. I might have done that a few times. I feel like that's kind of the direction that Art House Cinema is going in. I, I, there's, there's nary a place that hasn't built a bar in it these days, and I think we're kind of the top of the game as far as bar and theater is concerned. Well, I, I like to think that as well, and you are correct. I have uh, talked to many in Art House, and it seems like the inclusion of beer and alcohol oh, is uh, making, making our movie lives a little more fun. I mean, it's something to bring people out that isn't just sitting at home watching Netflix. You know, you can, go, you can sit at home and watch Netflix and have a beer, sure, but, you know, make yourself a cocktail. Why not? Yeah, but they're not gonna, you're not going to make a cocktail as exactly. good as Drake does. Sorry. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, and, of course, I'm Ryan, and I'm the general manager of the Music Box, and I have the delightful job of overseeing everything that happens here with the uh, great staff that we have that, to work with. Oh, he does a great job, too. <laughs> Uh, thanks. Um, well, what are we currently playing here? Uh, looks like uh, Ready Player One. We still st- on seventy. Sure. Uh, sadly, it ends completely. We were not going to move it to digital. We know you analog enthusiasts out there. Um, it'll end completely on Thursday, April nineteenth. Drake, did you ever see it? I haven't seen it yet, but I got to t- I got to catch parts of it uh, through the window, and I still. I'm on the fence about whether or not I'm going to see it. I think it was one of those things that when I watched the trailers for it, I was less than excited, but the parts that I've caught have kind of made me like convinced that I should see it before it goes away. So it feels like this week might be the opportunity for that. Well, no offense to the pe- person who created the trailer, because uh, I don't know them or sure. their team, um, but they did not do the film justice, because no. it is it is a romp. It's yeah. fun. Um, and honestly, if you're going to see it, see it on 70. Sure. Or just don't see it. I mean, see it on 70 is always the way to see things, I feel like. Yeah, totally. Um, we're also going to, we're, we're currently playing Back to Burgundy, and we are have decided, because there's great demand for this film, that we're going to hold it over through uh, Thursday, August 26th. Mm-hmm. That is the French family drama set in uh, April Burgundy. 26th. Oh, sorry. What did I say? April? August. August. What month am I in? <laughs> welcome, to, wel- welcome to August, folks. Uh, nope, going back to April. Okay, uh, back to Burgundy. Did you uh, did you see that one, Drake? I didn't get a chance to. I was going to catch it the other night. We had one of our bartenders had to step out for for a personal thing, uh, so I ended up bartending the night I was going to see it. However, we did host a really uh, fun little wine tasting with that as well. Uh, DeBlon Winery, which is one of our sister companies, they they carry a couple of different Burgundy style wines, which are mostly Chardonnays and Pinot Noirs, but. Uh, I got to run a little tasting in the in the lounge here with that, and people seem to really enjoy it. Yeah, that that one sold out really quickly. Oh yeah, so absolutely. I was, I was happy to see the re- the response from our uh, from Most our music definitely. box. It's uh, almost as fans. if when you offer people free wine, they really turn out for it. It's a strange strange correlation there. Uh, you know what? I would turn out for free wine. So oh, uh, I wasn't there on Friday, uh, sure. but uh, next time you show you have free wine, I'll be there. Oh, absolutely. And hopefully, some of our listeners will as well. 
Um, so yeah, you can see Back to Burgundy. We got to get it on for a whole nother week. Thanks to all of you lovely people who came out to see it. Um, this weekend, we've got some uh, some things coming up. Actually, this whole week, we've got a lot of things coming up. We are opening. Um, if you saw the movie Spring, uh, which was kind of an intense uh, uh, Lovecraftian film, we have the newest film from the filmmakers, Moorhead and Benson, called The Endless. Uh, Drake, you were saying you were excited about this movie. Oh, I'm really excited about it. It's one of the, one of the things, so... I try to be a better film person, especially working at the music box, uh, but one of the things that I catch no matter what is our horror films. I've seen great horror films here at the music box when we showed uh, The Babadook, for instance, or when we were showing It Follows. And Endless, I'm really excited about. It's a, uh, basically the, the whole, it's a Lovecraftian sort of film. It's uh, following the Lovecraftian modern cult classic Spring. Acclaimed filmmakers Moorhead and Benson return with their mind-bending thriller that follows two brothers who receive a cryptic video message inspiring them to revisit the UFO death cult they escaped a decade earlier. So it's following a lot of horror tropes that I really like. First of all, anything Lovecraftian, uh, plus the idea of uh, escaping a UFO death cult. It brings up sort of uh, some really macabre uh, images of things like Heaven's Gate and stuff like that. So I'm pretty excited about catching this one. Um, it's been a while since we've shown any sort of uh, out there horror films. So it's, it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and I'm really glad we uh, got to open this film. It was one of those movies that we were like, we heard from the distributor and they said, hey, we want you to open The Endless because it's going to play in New York and L.A. this date, so then we're going to expand nationwide. And we were like, yes, we really want to show it, but we've got this big movie, Ready Player One. It, yeah. Do you have any flexibility on when we open it? And they said, the latest we can go is April 20th. And we said, we'll take it okay. because then we're going to have room to play the film as much as possible versus like one showing a day, which would not do it justice. So no. it's one of those like little inner things that we have to work out as programmers to sure. figure out how to get the films we want to play on the screen. And, and again, a lot of times films we want to play don't fit the screen because we just don't have room. Those sure. those two theaters are not enough. No, 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 no. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's great whenever we show a horror film because it really draws out. You, we, we get a specific crowd of horror fans. Um, you see a lot of like sleeve tattoos of like different horror characters, a lot of like beardy dudes coming out, um, a lot of really fun kind of like punky. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fun type of crowd. They're definitely my people. Uh, so I'm glad to have them back in the theater sometime soon. Yeah, so uh, what else do we have going on this weekend? Okay, so if you guys ha have not heard, for six years now we've had uh, a silent cinema program with our house organist, Dennis Scott. Great guy. Um, happens once a month. Used to always be second Saturdays, but then we kind of played around with it to bring it to weeknights and kind of different Saturdays or Sundays. We just really wanted to see if the crowd just wanted a, a change of pace. Um, so we brought it, this one back to Saturday. It's called A Million Bid. Um, it, it is a, a 1927 Curtiz film. It's actually his second American film um, that um, is after the 1924 film uh, Moon of Israel. Uh, it basically is a Warner Brothers production. And it's very much in the style of Curtiz's reputation at the time, namely, you know, wizard with trick shots, creative camera angles, superimpositions, takes a potentially pedestrian story and throws all the camera techniques he can muster at it. Um, here's the thing about why this one is going to be cool. It was thought lost until there was an Italian release uh, at the Cinematic. Cineteca del Commune di Bologna. Okay, I screwed that up. Sorry, all you Italian folks out there. I know I can't speak. All right, take uh, two. Take two. No, no <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to not do it again because then I'm going to embarrass myself for the second time on the MVP in front of Drake and everybody else, all our listeners. Anyway, the great thing was the print was preserved after it was found in Italy. 
um, by the Library of Com- Com- Congress. So they basically came together in 2004 and they made this thing. Uh, uh, they basically made a new print and then took the old negative and put it away. So basically, we're going to have it forever. Thank you, Library of Congress. Thank you, the Italians, for doing that kind of great work. So we're finally going to bring it to the music box. I love it when stuff like that happens. Whenever we found, find like a lost print of something, it always feels super special. I remember during uh, last year's Cinepocalypse when we were showing... Uh, it was an Argento film. What, uh, which one was that? Suspiria. Suspiria. It was, it, the print was extra crunchy. It was, it was definitely... Uh, the color was off and all that stuff, but it part, that's part of what made it so much fun to watch. Like this was this like lost, discovered film, uh, which I, I just I, I love whenever we get a chance to do stuff like that. Me too, uh, and that's why we love celluloid and we love analog. Absolutely. And, you know, when that digital revolution came, and all of you didn't maybe realize it, maybe didn't realize it, but your 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 picture became a little slicker. Yep. Right, because we all went to these DCPs. Uh, we were like, yeah, okay, so we'll do DCP, but we're actually going to stall it on the ceiling because we're not moving our 35s. Absolutely. They are staying in place. We're still going to do reel to reel. We're going to be old school. We're going to have projectionists. Well, I think with like what we've seen with sort of the, the the uh, revamp of 70 millimeter as well. I think we made the right decision because now that there are so many like directors who I think are pushing back against that sort of digital revolution a little bit, how those directors who like, I want to have a physical film to hold on to, uh, we are now the only place in Chicago that is still set up to do things like that. So some, when something like Ready Player One and 70 millimeter comes along, like you only get that experience at the Music Box Theater. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan, you're amazing. Yep. P.T. Anderson, you're amazing. You yep. guys are just Big vocal proponents for for celluloid. Quentin and thank Tarantino, you. you're kind of a creep, but thank you for the celluloid. <laughs> That's Drake's opinion. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know Quentin personally. Um, Old Tino. <laughs> the uh, so Million Bid is playing on sa- on this Saturday. Uh, uh, at 11.30 a.m. with Dennis Scott and the company. It is a co-presentation with the Chicago Film Society. Thanks to those guys for doing it. Uh, it is an English translation of the Italian titles, so the intertitles will be, of course, uh, translated. Um, and this is just a sneak preview of what we've got coming in June, June 9th and 10th. Alan Rohde, who you may know from our film Noir, or our oh, Noir yes. City, um, he's, he's got a new book on, on Curtis, on his massive uh, career, because he's mm. got like over 70 credits on IMDb. Um, so we're going to do a retrospective of Curtis on a smaller truncated fun coming in June. Alan will be there, but this was just a little taste to get our Curtis appetite uh, going, and we're excited to have it and excited to have Dennis on the organ. I mean, and if you if you guys haven't been to one of the silent cinema presentations before, you really owe it to yourself to come and check it out. Dennis really puts a lot of work into uh, his love for uh, classic film as well as like just playing with it, with his organ, like. I mean, he the guy is very passionate about what he does, and, and you could, that definitely translates to the screenings as well. Yeah, and I want to thank the Chicago Film Society for coming on and helping us with this because they bring in a lot, kind of like a very historical presence to it, oh, and absolutely. they add a whole bunch of information to this screening that you, you're good to hear before the film starts. And then they usually stick around if you want to chat with them. Um, all right, so we've got our midnights coming up. Now, if you are unfamiliar, which you're probably not, every month, one weekend, you see... The Room on Friday and Rocky Horror on Saturday. It's just a staple of the music box. We've been doing Rocky Horror for like 20 years. We're doing The Room for like 10 years. So this is that weekend. We got The Room on Friday and Rocky Horror on Saturday. Now, Drake, you were once a manager and a floor staffer. So you've been here many a Friday night and many a Saturday (laughs) night. What's it like? It's an interesting experience. So on Friday night, you're going to see a lot of cats coming in here. 
there's going to be footballs thrown around. You're going to see people walking in with a thousand packs of plastic spoons. Um, if you haven't seen the room before, uh, I don't know what you're waiting for. It seems like this this was the the year to see it. What with the disaster artists and everything coming out, and especially if you're going to see the room live, this is the place to come see it. Although I would recommend you actually see the film before you come see it here, because likely, in all likelihood, you're not going to be able to understand what they're saying on screen. People are going to be um, Definitely yelling at the screen. There's sort of a call and response uh, that's built into it. Um, there are going to be moments where you get hit in the back of the head with plastic spoons, which for some people is a really fun experience. Uh, there is a certain amount of cleanup that has to be done afterwards, which the staff uh, feels one way or another about. Uh, I don't think anybody likes it, Drake. No, I don't think anybody likes it either, but I'm trying to be nice, you know? Um <laughs> But uh, hey, we're not telling you you can't bring the spoons because no. we understand that's a part of it. It's the same with Rocky, but we do clean up your spoons. Every, no, we absolutely every do. month, I had and a, uh, we recycle all of them. And there was yeah, a year or so kind of sucks. Yeah, no, we, there was a year or so back when uh, I we had a, a stage uh, assembled for an opera event we were doing, and it just so happened to be the same week when Tommy Wiseau came here for the room, um, and of course in between each show, we had to clean up really quickly because it was a sold out show, 720 people all throwing spoons. So I had to run up on this stage we had assembled and push broom these spoons off the side. And I looked out and I saw a sea of people all do, taking vines of me. Um, so that was a fun experience. Uh, but that, I mean, that, that brings us over to Rocky Horror as well. It's interesting comparing the room crowd to the Rocky Horror crowd because Whereas the room crowd come because they have a lot of disdain for this particular film, the Rocky crowd comes with just nothing but love for this this presentation. I think it's a hyper queer, super fun film. Um, I mean, it's it's a classic. Uh, which again, if you haven't seen it, you got you got to treat yourself to uh, Rocky Horror. We've been working with the same shadow cast for what thirty years now. Uh, well, they've been around for mm -hmm. 25 or 30 years. They just had a big birthday. Sorry, guys, yeah. I don't remember what your birthday was. Midnight uh, Madness. Let's get the name uh, out there. Shout out. Yes, Midnight Madness. You guys are fantastic. Love you. And I I promise I'll figure out your birthday. <laughs> um, but they've been doing this forever. Yes. But they came over to Chicago, uh, to the Music Box Theater, sorry, uh, with it, I want to say, 20 years ago or okay. 15 years ago. Yeah. That's how long we've been doing it with them. For sure. And uh, they're great people to work with. They always come in, they, they always come in and kind of stage their stuff in the lounge a little bit early. So if you... Uh, are here on Saturday to come see Rocky Horror. You'll probably be see, see the cast all showing up right around 11 o'clock, getting ready in the lounge here. Um, you'll know them. Well, I was going to say you'll know them because they'll be the ones in the makeup, but the nice thing about a Rocky Horror screening is just about everybody's the ones in the makeup. Do yourself a favor. If you've never been to one of these shows before, absolutely come out and absolutely be honest about the fact that you've never been here before. You'll probably get called up to the front of the, front of the room. You might get a little bit embarrassed, but it's all worth it for, to be part of the experience. Um, but yeah, I think that's. I think the, these midnights are definitely not anything that's going to go away anytime in the near future. You guys have time to come out and catch it, but you definitely owe it to yourself to to try and come catch at least one of the two. Yeah, and just 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 remember, if you've never seen the room with us, uh, there are spoons being thrown. So I that is a warning. Yes. I yes. literally have put that on our website because I don't want unsuspecting people to think it's all fun and games, and then you're getting pelted with spoons. You know, we had a. Uh, Right around the time the disaster artist came out, we showed the room and we specifically had a screening of it that was just first timers only, where we discouraged the spoon throwing, we discouraged the yelling and all that stuff. Because like some people actually want to see the film, the reason why is beyond me. Um, but <laughs> some people actually want to see the film without the interactive parts of it. So we did have a screening like that, uh, but it's very much an interactive film. You're gonna you're gonna have people. Uh, 
pretty much yelling over the whole thing. Yep, that's The Room on Friday and uh, Rocky Horror on Saturday. And when I say midnight, remember, it's like 11.59 p.m., like the last minute of the day on Friday, the last minute of the day on Saturday. That's when you're right. coming right. Um, for these shows. Um, so we also, if you guys are unfamiliar with this, um, we, we partner with groups to show some of their events that we haven't programmed and or we rent out our space to groups to mm. show things that they're that they're creating in Chicago. Now, lots of the times these are really cool things, but we just don't have the bandwidth. I mean, people are creating um, wonderful cinema all over Chicago. We're not the only place in Chicago oh, doing absolutely. cool stuff. Um, but a lot of times people realize what our 700 seat auditorium can do for them or our smaller theater, so they come to us and they say, "Hey, can we can we do something with you?" So we got a packed week of that stuff coming up. Um, the first thing this weekend is the 14th annual Cine Youth Film Festival that runs Friday through Sunday. Um, and that is a part of, if you guys know the Chicago Film Festival, it's all part of Cinema Chicago. That, that's the, the umbrella organization. And it is completely free, all right? And it's, it's for young filmmakers ages 6 to 22 uh, who are basically making short films um, that are now going to be featured here. And it's from all around the world. So 62 short films from 15 countries. And opening night is uh, a feature film called Minding the Gap, uh, which is actually from Kartemquin, uh, oh, wow. which is... You know, yeah. local documentary Absolutely. group that's been around for 50 years, if wow. you can believe that. Um, so just a little about them real quick. Uh, it's the 14th Annual Cine Youth Film Festival, three-day film festival showcasing short films from directors age 6 to 22. Uh, it will op- open presentation. will be Mining the Gap on Friday, and then find all the information at chicagofilmfestival.com backslash Cine Youth. This is the second time we're hosting them. Um, glad they're coming back. Glad we could be their their place for them. Absolutely, and like Ryan said, like this this it's all it's, all the screenings of it are free, and it really like like the kids who come out for this. I mean, like it, think about when you were a kid and you were kind of putting like projects together. You know, like it really means a lot to get a packed house for that. So it's it's nice to see people come out and sort of support. Uh, local filmmakers, especially like in, in the youth groups, because I mean, coming into our space, it, like uh, one of the things I love about the music box is it has this sort of spirit to it. It has this, uh, this, you know, the, the, the nature of the theater being built in 1929, it's got this sort of like regal, uh, feel to it. And so not only are these kids getting to screen their short films in there, but then having a packed house full of people who are all, you know, cheering them on is, is always a great thing to see. And then, uh, next Monday, um, so if you guys remember when we did, you guys being our listeners, uh, remember when we did Sleepwalk With Me or Don't Think Twice, Ira Glass produced those films, mm. and he actually came out for our opening weekends of them. Um, they were all packed. They were sold out. He's a wonderful host for, for his films. Very he, soothing voice. <laughs> yes, and he's just so interested in everybody's story, which it's amazing to me. Like I met him, and he just wanted to know about the history of some very specific part of the music box. <laughs> Well, uh, we knew about his new film called Come Sunday because it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival this year, um, but it was bought by Netflix. So we, you know, you don't think you're going to get a chance to see it in theaters because Netflix doesn't really do much of that for whatever their reasoning. Um, but Ira being Ira, being from Chicago, uh, that's kind of where he got his roots. Um, he randomly emailed me and just said, I need a Chicago screening. Fun. Um what availability do you have? Here are the dates that I have. And so we worked it out. So basically, uh, it's a, it's Ira Glass 
Netflix, and WBEZ presenting Come Sunday. Now, WBEZ is handling all the ticketing and everything for that. I don't know if it goes to their members first, but it's one of the cool things we're doing, and it's going to be on Monday, and I'm excited to have Ira Black back. Oh, absolutely. And I, I was just so happy, and I'm kind of flattered that he like emailed yeah. us and was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do it anywhere else. I really want to do it at the Music Again, Box. Again, like that's a, it's one of the things I love about uh, being involved with the Music Box here is, is, is the amount of sort of uh, – Commitment that we get from different Chicago personalities. Um, I, I mean, it's going to be great. I, the last, I think, what the last couple times we had Ira out, it was it was sold out, right? Oh, every single time. So. I mean, he like he like uh, I think he like extended his flight through like Monday so yeah. he could be at all the Sunday shows. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. So definitely like keep an eye on tickets, guys, because it will be. I mean, it, like like you said, it's going through WBEZ. Yep. So definitely check out their website, folks, because that'll be something that is moving fast one way or the other. Um, and then another cool thing, uh, there's something called the Chicago Manatees, which has their spring festival and their fall festival, and they do a lot of cool things, not mm -hmm. always movie-related, but sometimes they have a film guest or film-related guest. Um, in this year's fest, they have Errol Morris. Oh, great. Because um, he's got a new book. So they said to us, they, they reached out to us, and they said, hey, do you, do you have this available on this Tuesday? And we were like... Uh, Tuesday, April 24th? Sure. And they said, great, well, we have Errol Morris. We'd like to bring him to the Music Box. And we said, we'd love to have him. So we're renting on our space to the Chicago Communities Festival on Tuesday, April 24th for a 7 p.m. show uh, or actually book talk with Errol Morris. Um, check out Chicago Communities Festival for more information on that. And I'm so, so excited to meet Errol Morris. He's amazing filmmaker. Uh, did you did you see his Netflix um produced a series i did not know oh i really recommend it i know yeah. the type of stuff you like uh and this is like really kind of interesting conspiracy theory murder oh, mystery stuff great um and i think he did it an interesting because he did a lot of kind of narrative dramatization sure uh, i thought it was really cool so yeah so we so back to back one day ira glass one day Earl morris the the weekend before we're gonna have a bunch of kids showing their movies absolutely what a crazy week it's gonna be big week in the music box um and then uh well, we should probably talk about an advanced notice or upcoming things that you probably want to take note of. Yes, absolutely. Um, the Critics Fest is coming back, and Great. their entire lineup is not only announced on our website, mm. but it is on sale, including film festival badges, and it is pretty great. Absolutely. Yeah, in the, in the previous years when we had Critics Festival coming out, it's one of the things that it's it's uh, been sort of a, a big push for uh uh, people in the last couple of years, like it's it's nice to see everybody come out. Uh, I see a lot of familiar faces every year, uh, especially amongst our critics, and yeah, it's it's really great to see. Like it, the the passion about uh, with about film in the Chicago film community. Uh, this is one of those events that really highlights that. I feel like. Yeah, um, and you know what? Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail with it. You can find it online, but in a week or two, we'll bring on one of the critics, one of the programmers of the festival, so he can go into big details, so stay tuned with podcast um, so you can get more of the insight into exactly what you should not miss and maybe some of the inner workings of the Critics Fest. Um, so another thing that's coming up soon for tickets going on sale will be 2001 A Space Odyssey. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, um, what's going on with that? Well... 50th anniversary, yep. uh, and it turns out to be one of Christopher Nolan's favorite films. I mean, so I, that that seems that seems sort of uh, I could have guessed that. So I don't know if he reached out to Warner Brothers mm -hmm. or if Warner Brothers reached out to Nolan, um, but he worked with them to find the original negative of the film. 
right, in their vault. Wow. And basically do a kind of a restoration mm-hmm. of this movie that, that how you would have seen back in 1968. So, of course, Warner Brothers, knowing us, knowing our 70 capabilities, and yep. doing a limited 70 run with this re-release of the 50th anniversary, we got one. And we're going to get our tickets. We're going to get them up on sale maybe next week. So just stay tuned. Um, if you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, if you're on our email newsletter, you will definitely hear about this. Uh, but you can basically check in sometime later this week or next to find your tickets and go, when they go on sale. And this is going to be incredible. This is like this it truly is... Uh, the way to watch this film, I feel like. We actually commissioned last year for our 70mm festival uh, our own print of uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. So Music Box owns its own 70mm print of it, but this restoration print, I feel like, is going to be like... It's it's going to be a, a, a far and beyond uh, what anybody has seen from this film before, uh, unless of course you were around in 1968 when it originally screened. That's that's kind of what I think. You yeah. know, our print is going to be our print is great and flawless. Yeah, but absolutely. Now we're going to see it how it was originally released back then, so it's going to be kind of cool yep. um, to see if there it was any differences in that kind of stuff. And seeing it in the 70, I agree with you. Absolutely. Um, and if you don't follow us on Facebook t- or Twitter or just kind of miss those things, because again, you're, our feeds are just full of so much stuff. Um, Cinepocalypse, which is coming June 21st to 28th. Um, we finally announced a little bit of information. And the one thing I want to talk about is Scott Derrickson and Robert Cargill. Now, these are the two writers, and uh, Scott Derrickson is the director of uh, Marvel's uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, great. Um, they did Sinister. They did a bunch of other genre films. They have decided they're going to come to the music box to be a part of Cinepocalypse. They're going to be co-jury presidents for the features. Great. Um, so it's going to be pretty amazing to have them hang out during Cinepocalypse. And if you are a filmmaker um, and you've submitted your work to the festival or get included into the festival, these two <laughs> folks are going to be watching your movies to decide if you're going to win uh, the jury prize. That's amazing, yeah. That's that's a, that's a big get, I feel like. I actually just saw, uh, I mean, I was way behind on it, uh, but I got to watch uh, Doctor Strange recently, and one of the things I really enjoyed about that film is it seemed like they, they for a comic book movie, which I think we can all agree it's a sort of saturated market, they really did uh, do something very new and original, I feel like, with the genre. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed watching that. It's going to be great to have him out here for Cinepocalypse. Yep. Very excited about that. Cool get by Cinepocalypse. Um, I do. I am a part of that programming team, in case anybody was wondering. Because I, I, uh, it's a lot of fun to program great genre Oh, work. So, so Cinepocalypse is going to be great. I'm, I'm really excited about that one, especially this year. Um, so for this week, since we have Drake on, uh, I'd like to learn a little bit more about the lounge and garden uh, at the Music Box Theater. So the lounge opened up in uh, February of 2015 uh, as sort of a extension of what the Music Box can, can already offer. We uh, opened it up right around the same time as our new concession stand, which for any of you longtime Music Box fans, I'm sure you remember our old uh, concession stand, which uh, was great, but a bit rickety. Um, Do you know the, the story of the old concession stand? I, remind me. I know what the story is, but I feel like it would be great to tell the listeners. So we all love John Hughes, mm-hmm. and we loved when he made movies in Chicago, which a lot of the times he did. And when he did Curly Sue, he had a movie uh, theater setting, and it, uh, it was uh, he chose the music box. However, the music box did not have an official, this is back in the early 90s, did not have an official concession stand. So they built us one. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could tell being behind the thing, it was it was more of a prop than it was functional. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we used it for oh, absolutely. 20 some years. Yep. Um, and thanks, John Hughes, for giving us that. But yep. yeah, it needed to be retired and we needed the legitimate stand. So at the same time we got the stand, yep. we got the lounge. Absolutely. And the lounge has been, uh, I mean, it, it's a great space for all sorts of events. We, we uh, do a lot of rentals in here. We program a lot of different special events. We actually have something coming up. Uh, not sure when our podcast will be released, but we have something coming up on Wednesday evening of this week. It's a uh, launch for a new product from uh, New Holland Brewing Company. We're launching a, a, a new IPA called Tangerine Space Machine, which means we're going to be doing uh, some tangerine peeling contests for like random swag. We're just going to be free beer tastings. Like I said, we did a wine tasting last week. Um, the possibilities are really sort of endless as far as the lounge is concerned. It's a great, beyond just being part of the Music Box Theater, which of course we love being part of the Music Box Theater, it's also just a great neighborhood bar. Uh, it's, I like to think of it as sort of the feeling in here is to be an extension of one's own living room, essentially. Like, come in here, enjoy a board game with a friend, or sit down and read through some of the books we have on our shelves. We've got a, a lot of great books on cinema and uh, just different um, theatrical uh, topics. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a great place. It's just a great local watering hole, really. Uh, but we've also done a lot of weird, well, not weird, just like random stuff. Like people don't know, but if you look up at the ceiling, there's like a little crack there, and we yeah. actually have a screen that pops yes. down. We have like the world's tiniest projection booth yes. above the bar where we can show movies, and Absolutely. like filmmakers have rented us out. We've shown their films. Well, not to mention we also, I mean, of course, we're all uh, a little bit upset. I feel like that we're now sitting in the middle of April and it's 34 degrees outside. <laughs> uh, the snow has just melted. I think April might be my new favorite winter month. Uh, but we do also have uh, our front patio as well as a whole wine garden available to us, which the wine garden is something I feel particularly proud of. I was involved with the building of it when we initially opened it up back there. Uh, we do the, our own planting every summer, so if you ever come out and enjoy all the flowers, that's us. Um, we have so much capability for so many different types of events here. I think on May 15th, which of course I'm sure we'll bring this up on the podcast again as we get closer, but on May 15th will be the official opening of our garden uh, which will be a great party. We're going to have all kinds of like beer and wine tastings. We're probably going to bring out a food truck for that. Uh, so just keep an, keep an eye on what's going on in the lounge here, folks, because it's is a lovely spot to, to come either before or after a movie, or you know what, just to come in and enjoy yourself in, like, just on, in your normal day. Yeah, and uh, we do events here uh, that we put produce ourselves, so sometimes you'll follow our feeds and you'll be like, oh, they're doing some kind of weird Harry Potter thing, or they're having a DJ set or a tasting. You know, we had a, uh, a karaoke set uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it, it actually ended up very successful. It was part of, part of Ready Player One, so we had an 80s and 90s themed karaoke, and we actually packed the house. We had, uh, you know, a, probably about 50 people in here all just enjoying singing some 90s tunes. Um, we had a couple. We had one guy who really rocked some some weird Al Yankovic. Uh, <laughs> I was pretty proud of him. It was pretty great. Um, and then yeah, we also can be rented out. So uh, we've had birthday parties here, film screenings, all Absolutely. that kind of stuff. We partnered with people to have like comedy and music. It's you know we we we're really. Uh, I don't know. Like we, we can wear many faces. With Absolutely, this lounge. yeah. No, um, it's one of the things that I think is is it's one of the most flexible parts of the theater, and uh, it's definitely something that, that I think we take a lot of pride in is being able to sort of be a jack of all trades for whatever it is people people need us to be for them. You know, 
Um, we've got a great cocktail program. Our beer program is all, also wonderful. Same thing with our wine. Uh, we try to focus a lot of our, our beer and wine selections to uh, this region, the Midwest, because I mean the Midwest knows beer. I, I feel like of all of, all of the different regions of the U.S., the, it, we're a beer drinking people, and uh, the craft beer selection here at the Music Box Theater is something I'm very proud of, actually. It's all sourced within 300 miles of uh, Chicago, so a lot of Chicago locals, but also some Michigan beers. Uh, we got uh, Three Floyds coming out of Indiana. Um, it's just a, it's, it's a great time. Yeah, and uh, we also serve great cocktails, so you should try those as well. If Absolutely. You, uh, if you're not unlike the majority of Chicagoans and only drink beer, which is <laughs> fine, because we have you covered as well. Absolutely. Or the wine drinkers, we've got you covered too. Most definitely. Um, I think it's time for this old theater, where we talk about you know things that we're either working on in the music box, history of the music box, you know, just things about the music box that you may or may not know. Um, so I thought we should talk a little bit about the origination story of the Music Box Theater. And if you don't mind, I've got um, some notes here that I would like to read that are just going to talk about little bits and pieces of, of uh, you know, where we came from in, in back. Let, let's bring it back to 1929. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so the Music Box Theater's history is similar to that to other neighborhood movie theaters throughout the city of Chicago, with the exception that it was the first small interpretation of a movie palace. It opened on August 22nd, 1929 as an elaborate little brother to the, to the giant downtown film slash presentation houses. It featured second-run films after they left downtown for the neighborhood circuits. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that. At a time when movie palaces in Chicago had seating capacities around 3,000 people, the 800-seat music box, which is no longer 800 seats, uh, was a tiny theater. Imagine that. Oh, we absolutely. were tiny. <laughs> uh, to be built with such ornamental detail, because, uh, you know, they put a lot of money into these because they had 3,000 seats, but we put all that ornamental detail back in the day. This is not me, them, uh, with only 800 seats. Now, think about this. Around the music box was the Century Theater, which had 2,400 seats, the Belmont Theater, 2,400 th seats, and the Uptown Theater, which had 4,800 seats. Wow, I didn't know the Uptown had 4,800 yeah. when it was built. Yeah, people, imagine watching a movie with 4,000 people. That's insane. Kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, the house uh, was built for a cost of, believe this or not, including the seats, $110,000. Uh, the entire building, which includes the theater and nine storefronts and 32 apartments, because the original owners, when they built it, they were like, let's not put all of our money into one basket of the movies. Yep. Let's have this other side business. So uh, with the 32 apartments and the nine storefronts, it costs a little bit more than that, but you know what? Seems pretty cheap today. <laughs> um, so the theater was... A, uh, theater uh, was... Uh, the architect was Louis A. Simon, uh, a local supposedly eccentric architect who is better known for his Depression-era WPA post offices and plaster palaces hmm. for the avant-garde Nouveau Riche. Uh, the building was erected by the Southport Avenue Businessmen's Association and operated by Lasker & Sons, which operated several smaller neighborhood houses in Chicago. Hmm. Um, the architectural style, as people... Uh, have definitely noticed. Um, the Chicago Tribune architectural critic Paul Gape wrote back in 1983, the architectural style is an eclectic melange of Italian, Spanish, and pardon my fantasy put together with passion. <laughs> <laughs> the actual style is called atmospheric. The dark blue cove lit ceiling with the twinkling stars and moving cloud formations suggests a night sky. The plaster ornamentation of the sidewalls, round tower, faux marble loggia, and ogee arched 
Organ chambers are, by Hollywood standards, reminiscent of the walls surrounding an Italian courtyard. The overall effect is to make the patron feel that, no matter the real weather outside, they are watching a film in an open-air palazzo where the evening temperature is always a balmy 72 degrees Fahrenheit. I love that. that, that that's one of my favorite things about the construction of Theater One is is the, the night sky. Uh, I remember when I first started working here, I hadn't even noticed it yet. I was in uh, the middle of a Christmas show, which for anybody who's been here for a Christmas show before, you know that there's a lot of hustle and bustle going on. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a, always a sold out show. So that's 720 people in our theater. And I remember I was I was uh, sweeping up and I just looked up and because I, I saw out of the corner of my eye something moving and that was the first time I noticed the cloud uh, lights going over the top of the theater. And it was it's, it's super magical in theater one. It's, it's really a lovely experience being able to sit down and watch a movie and there. Plus, the acoustics are amazing. If you ever, uh, I, I was sitting down in there uh, at, with a friend once, and I, I was whispering because we were getting into the start of the, field, the, the film. And as I looked up, whispering, I realized I could hear my whisper bouncing back at me from the ceiling. It's really incredible in there. Yeah, when you were mentioning that opera that rented us, us out, they uh, they loved the acoustics. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. So basically, we opened August 22nd, 1929, with a Morton Downey senior film called Mother's Boy. Uh, The original opening film was advertised as Rio Rita, which instead opened the Music Box Sister Theater, the 1,500-seat Romova Theater at 35th and Halston. So basically, that's a little bit about our uh, origination as a... Yeah. Historic neighborhood movie palace, uh, one of the few remaining that well, are currently always showing cinema absolutely. Uh, on their screens. Well, I think that's one of the things that, that it, it is the fact that we were built as a little like a little sister theater to the bigger movie palaces downtown. I think that's one of the things that has lent to the longevity of our theater as well. I mean, if you look at the, the, the uptown theater, for instance, they've been trying to get that reopened for years. And I think it's because of the seating capacity that it, they've just had such a hard time figuring out what to do with that theater. It's not that it's not a gorgeous space, uh, but us, I, I think us being a place uh, that is a little bit smaller has has allowed us to, to continue on that cinema tradition a little bit. Well, and a lot of cinemas that were are that old uh, have had many different lives and turned into many different things before, yeah. you know, they they got like rebirth or reborn, mm. but you know the music box has done a great job at maintaining it being a cinema. I mean, just up the block, the Mercury, which is yes. an original Nickelodeon theater, right oh, back wow. in the day was when it was a nickel yeah. see a movie, um, and it's very old. I think it was nineteen teens. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think, the music box might have hurt them when we opened, <laughs> um, but they had. A, a bunch of different businesses in there, like car mechanics and carpets and all well, sorts of things before um, uh, Walter and, and his crew came and basically rebirthed it and uh, had that stage that right. was still there um, and then restored the interior because, you know, back in the Nickelodeon days, you also had vaudeville shows. Sure. Um, and so, you know, now it's back to stage theater. They don't show movies, uh, but they show stage stuff. And it's it's great what they did, um, but that had a long different life. And a lot of these theaters, like the Music Box, have had many different lives or are now something completely different. Sure. Um, or... Sadly, we're torn down. Yeah, which is too bad because a lot of these buildings, I've, I've always been, a, like, personally, uh, I'm, I've always been very affected by theaters. I love being in a theater space. Um, and I also love some of the stuff that we've been able to do in the last couple of years as far as uh, 
expanding on just the cinema stuff. We've also had like live podcast recordings. We've done. Uh, we've had stand-up comedians come in and, and do uh, shows in theater. One, I think, one of my favorite things I've personally ever seen here in my time here at the Music Box was when uh, we had the composer's cut of uh, the Beyond, which uh, was another. We, we had a, basically it was a, what, like a twenty-piece rock opera orchestra. Yep. Uh, they came out and did a live score to the to. Uh, the film The Beyond, uh, and it was that one of the coolest things I've seen happen in theater one. It was not so cool seeing live uh, components kind of added to uh, a great gore film. Uh, if you guys can't tell, uh, horror is kind of my thing. Um, but it, yeah, lo- lovely watching. But then they stuff. had an encore of oh. like some of their own original music yes. that they've created for, that they scored for the films, which was also pretty cool. That and like, really awesome. and then I remember like people were like, "Don't stop!" So I think they did like a second encore, <laughs> and then they hang out in the lounge and yeah. ate pizza with the staff and Absolutely. like signed autographs, and it was just a really fun night. Yeah, Fabio Fritzi, amazing person, human, and oh yeah, great composer, most definitely. Um, so that was that was like one of those unique things that happened here. Um, so, in terms of this old theater segment, I wanted to talk about one other thing. Mm. Uh, have you ever heard of Whitey? Oh, have I heard of Whitey? Yeah, have you heard of Whitey? Oh, I've heard of Whitey. Who's Whitey? So, Whitey is our, uh, it was a, the original owner of the Music Box Theater? Is that Manager. Correct? Manager. I think manager. he was like the me. Okay. Right? Like the GM of the theater. So, Whitey is the house ghost. He haunts the Music Box, much like Ryan will 50 years down the road, or hopefully more than 50 years. Uh, but thank, thank you for that longevity. Of life. <laughs> um, he, but yeah, so Whitey is our theater ghost. I actually, uh, so there's definitely people who have stories about uh, seeing Whitey. I think this couch that sits in the lounge over here was the one that people say that they saw him on the most. Um, really, this this couch? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is um, this the one he he like passed away on? Uh, it might be. Okay. Uh, this, uh, I think this is the one, but this used to sit out in our main lobby, which is where people saw Whitey the most. Um, and I actually, I saw something out of the corner of my eye yesterday. I, was, I had my headphones on. I was listening to a podcast, much like this one, uh, as I was doing my, my weekly inventory. And I, I heard a noise as if somebody had just walked in. And I turned around and didn't see anybody. And then I saw something out of the corner of my eye. And I was a little unsettled because I'm pretty sure I was the only one here at that point. Uh, but other than that, I haven't really seen a whole lot of Whitey. How about yourself? Never, never seen Whitey. No? But everybody says they have a Whitey story. Oh, um, for sure. So basically, supposedly, uh, you know, it's we can't verify this stuff. But this this old manager one day locked up, you know, theaters closed. He took a seat on the couch and passed away on the couch. And um, and also when that happened, it was kind of the end of an era for the music box. It kind of turned into different things, sure. which we'll get on to other segments uh, or other podcasts about. But supposedly since then, people have had these whitey sightings or whitey feelings sure. or hauntings or whatever. I don't really get into it. I love horror movies just as much as you, Drake. Oh, absolutely. But I don't believe in ghosts. Sorry. I just, I don't buy it. Uh, but that's maybe because I need to have a ghost experience. Um, but well, they say if you don't believe in it, you can't have a ghost experience. So maybe that's the, maybe it's a chicken and egg thing. Uh, then it's never going to happen. You know, I actually wanted to do a thing once during Halloween. I, I was actually looking into Chicago, like, ghost hunter societies. Because I thought, like, how fun would it be to, like, bring in, like, like you know, some people, like, some EVP things and all that stuff and see if we could, like, get something like some sort of footage or, or audio recording of Whitey. And then I found out that he still has family in the area. Uh, and so we didn't want to be disrespectful uh, by, by bringing in people to, uh, you know, make, make a, uh, 
make a show out of our theater ghost. Um, so we didn't end up doing it, but I think that's uh, it's still something to this day where I'm like, that'd be kind of fun. Well, I don't believe it, but maybe uh, some of our listeners that had their experience and want to write in or tell That'd us be great. about uh, or tweet at us, yeah, about their whitey experience. So please feel free. I'll I'll believe you. Uh, I just I don't believe personally that I'll ever have that experience because I don't believe in ghosts. Uh, <laughs> just, but I'll take your word for it. I'm just waiting for whitey to suddenly knock your mic over. <laughs> oh, please, let this happen right, right. now. We are all waiting yep. uh, here in the lounge. We're actually recording in the lounge again. Uh, it's just a good place to, to record this podcast. Um, sorry if you've got any ambient noises that have pe- came in. It's, it, is a, it is an open air space. Oh, and as a lounge manager, once again, I will pop back in to say it's great for all kinds of things. You can record podcasts in here. You can have business meetings in here. Really nothing the lounge can't do. And ghost experiences. And ghost experiences. It's sure, lovely. Absolutely. Sure, sure. Um, so that, that will end this old theater segment. Wonderful. Uh, we'll always have more to tell you about the history of the theater, and uh, we'll have different people on to talk about their, their experiences with it, um, and maybe more about the ghosts. And hopefully who their knows? experiences with Whitey. Yes, maybe. There are people on our staff who have been here for a long time who uh, definitely are. I think if you talk to Ernie, Ernestina, uh, who is one of our staff members here, she definitely has some stories to tell about Whitey. So maybe maybe we'll talk with her about it. Sometime. Yeah, I'll have to bring her on to the podcast and get some of her stories in general, and then maybe like exactly how she's uh, where maybe she's seen Whitey <laughs> um, and what he, what what kind of antics he gets into. Um, so that that wraps up that segment. Uh, you got anything big coming up or stuff you wanna? Well, I mean, shout out to definitely. I will say, uh, keep your eyes peeled on the Music Box Lounge here this summer, folks. We're looking at, like I said, we've got this event coming up with New Holland Brewing Company tomorrow, and that's the type of thing that we're going to be doing all summer long. There's going to be something happening at least once a month, probably even twice a month, uh, and there's just going to be a lot of fun partnerships coming up. So definitely keep your eyes peeled out on the, what we have going on in the lounge here. Yeah, and we're going to be super busy this week, and every week after that, we got a lot of things coming up that you're definitely going to want to uh, pay attention to. So just want to let you know that we're always busy and we've always got too many things that you can go to but don't worry just pick the one that you think sounds the coolest because we're going to put on a great show absolutely um this podcast is new so we do want to hear from you you can rate us or comment or tweet at us or whatever way you want to reach out to us let us know how we're doing um you know, I'm your host, but I, I want to bring in all of our different guests to be on the on, on the panel, um, and including uh, different voices from the theater, so you can hear about what they do here and a little bit behind the scenes. I just want to thank you for listening, and we hope to hear from you next week.